Welcome to The Complete Angler, your source of information on the outdoor industry in central Canada. With over 35 years in the field, host Don Lamont covers topics and issues with industry leaders and influencers to bring you up to speed on what's happening in the outdoor world. And now, here is your host, Don Lamont. It was the adventure of a lifetime by two young anglers that wouldn't be stopped. Peter Arenda and Nolan Plew had been planning for four years to head to Snail Lake in Manitoba for Arctic char. Despite a myriad of issues, these two hardcore fishermen made it into the trip of a lifetime. On this episode, we talked to both anglers about their passion for fishing and the great outdoors. Hey guys, welcome to the Complete Angler Podcast. Great to have you on. I've been trying to get you on my show for a while. You're busy. Yes, we are. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, well, you guys are kind of well known in the younger um, social media circles for your hardcore angling uh, expertise. Uh, you you get out there on the landscape and you work hard at trying to catch fish, which is something that I really um, I, I really appreciate because I mean I didn't I didn't get into fishing till I was. Uh, almost 30 years of age, and it's great to see you young guys out there. Uh, Petro, I'll start with you first. Um, I, I know that you started fishing at a really early age, and, and how did you get into it? Uh, I think for fishing, it was just something that I naturally got attracted to. Like, from my earliest memories, I was just, I wanted to grab a rod in my hand, go out there fishing, and my family didn't really come from a fishing background. But my father would take me out. I'd always beg him to take me out to the Red River. And we'd always spend from right from sun up till sundown. I'd be in there with my rod in the water. And then eventually when I grew up a little bit to around 12 years old, I I watched a lot of fly fishing shows on TV and I got an interest in fly fishing. So I, I managed to pick up a Shakespeare fly rod at a Walmart. And I, I didn't even have a weight rating on it. It was a big, thick rod, but it got me just enough to try to get my hands into fly fishing. And the nearest pond nearby was Birds Hill Park. And at the time, that was a pretty thriving fishery. You'd get some pretty nice rainbows in there around 18 inches and get some browns in there. And my first fish was about an 18 inch rainbow on Birds Hill Park on a muddler minnow. And eventually I really got into the fly fishing thing and stopped just normal angling completely. I just do all fly fishing. And then I started doing that on the Red River. And that took a while to get used to. Uh, it's completely different there. The water's really dirty. And uh, my first fish out there was actually a gold eye on a strike indicator. And that <laughs> took me weeks to just get one bite. <laughs> But that one fish changed everything for me there. Wow. Did you get any tutelage from Stu Thompson? No, I actually met Stu about a year or two later. He kind of helped me with my uh, fly rod technique once I locked port there. Yeah. And to this day, I still use the technique he showed me. Yeah, every Tuesday, those guys are out there on the Red River Floodway or Red River Shores, the Manitoba Fly Fishers Association. They're out there clogging the water and catching whatever they can. So, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that you can catch almost any fish on a fly rod. And, uh, you know, sometimes like yourself, it, it does take patience, but uh, well worth it in the end. 
especially when you look at catfish. Have you ever caught a really big catfish on a fly rod? Uh, I think my biggest one was about 40 inches. Wow. Yeah. A 10 weight? It was on a eight weight rod. Eight weight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, how about you, Nolan? How'd you get into this crazy game? Yeah. So, um, man, that was a long time ago, probably around the same age Petro got into it, 12 years old. And uh, they had a fly fishing thing at Cabela's uh, where you could drop in and they'll teach you how to tie flies and start casting and everything. And uh, so, my dad for Christmas got me my first ever fly rod. I believe that was when I was 13. And I didn't know that you could go fly fishing for anything but trout. Uh-huh. So we have a place out in Nunamick Lake. And uh, there's a Dorothy trout pond uh, just down the road from there. So that's kind of where... I started fly fishing and got the love for fly fishing was catching like 12 inch rainbows on the fly rod and just to catch them on the, your own lure that you made just made that much more special. Yeah, no kidding. It, it is. I, I think a lot of people don't realize the satisfaction you get from, from that combination of tying your own fly and then casting it on a fly rod and, and uh, making it happen. I, uh, I do quite a bit of fly fishing and I have in the past and I got to learn from some of the best in the business. My favorite uh, fly fishing though is um, throwing big streamers for Northern Pike. And uh, I don't think there's anything I'd rather do in the world than that. And I, I've been blessed with being able to catch some big pike on that. So it's an amazing experience. Yeah. I have think you guys, have you guys done that? Yes, but Actually, uh, Joel Weeb, he's a huge fly fisher here in Manitoba. He took me out to the Parkland region for brown trout and rainbow trout at yeah. Patterson. Yeah. And we were throwing big pike streamers, big articulated streamers for brown trout. Right. And just seeing the wake behind that big fly and how those trout eat such a big fly just made fly fishing that much more special to me. Yeah, Joel's a a regular contributor to a magazine and he's um, yep. he, he did include a story that you were along on i think nolan yep yes yeah, yeah he did yeah. so hopefully you guys are uh, going to get your act together and start uh, contributing to the magazine we'd love that and not only that but uh, help us out on social media when you guys get out in the field which is uh, something i want to address right now uh, both of you i know nolan you're guiding up at cedar lake lodge uh, Petro, I want to talk to you first before we get to Nolan, but have you been able to get out with the water conditions the way they are? Uh, it's been a really weird year. Uh, we had the ice off on the lake really late. Uh, you can't really fish much of the white shell. Uh, the Red River has crazy water levels. I've, I think we opened up our season trying to fish Lake Winnipeg, and we was searched around all, our, all around the lake, and the east side's completely dirty water and then we found some clear water on the west side and we found the walleye there but there's still so much ice on the lake during opener yeah. that we could barely get out the ice sheet was just moving around wow have you been out back there since it's uh, cleared up uh we haven't been out there since uh, we had a tournament on lake dubani last weekend uh the water is still pretty cold there compared to last year uh what tournament was that 
That was the Lactibani Bass Tournament by Manitoba Bass Anglers. And how was it? It was okay. It uh, was we, tough. Yeah. Okay. I've always yeah. wanted to uh, fish Lactibani for bass, and I never have. I always end up chasing walleye and pike there because they got some massive pike in Lactibani and the Winnipeg River in that section. Massive yeah, we, pike. We fish there a lot for bass in the fall, and you can get some really big bass in there in the fall when they're up on the reefs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a great bass fishery. The Winnipeg River is. Uh, I cut my teeth on it. The first bass I ever caught was from a dock in, in the Bird River, and um, it was. Uh, I think uh, it's probably where I fell in love with bass fishing. So that's great to hear. Nolan, tell us about uh, your your guiding experience on Cedar Lake Lodge. Yeah, for sure. So uh, this is my first year ever guiding. Um, I've always wanted to do it. Um, ever since a young age again in high school and uh, my teachers and everything said I wouldn't be able to do it so I kind of went out because they said you can't make money off fishing (laughs) they doubted me oh I like that story I'll tell you one anyway keep going so I'm like screw it I'm gonna do it for a year and so both Petra and I went to Cedar Lake Lodge last year for one week Okay. And absolutely fell in love with the musky fishing, walleye fishing as world-class fishing. And we ended up going a week after because the owners of that lodge are super incredible and the fishing is insanely good. Uh, so I asked to guide there this year. They don't really have a guide there. So I'm their only guide and uh, I'm loving it so far. Yeah. So what are the conditions right now? very very different from other years like this spring got pushed back i'm sure that's everywhere in the province and in ontario we still had ice on um just before season opener there two days before yeah and all our docks were underwater about three feet underwater so the water's probably five feet higher than usual there yeah it's crazy five feet so what what you just came back for a week here at home so you're going back out so when you left what was the pattern for the walleye and the bass uh they were pretty scattered um they were just done spawning so they were in transition from their shallow water areas and then starting to transition to their deep water areas so i found a slip bobber with a minnow a couple feet under the surface and bays worked really good and then casting um Switch baits and crank baits up shallow worked really good for walleye and bass there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, one of the uh, ways that I found about out about you two guys was uh, you posted a, a picture of on Instagram of your trip to this backcountry lake up in the Porcupine Hills, and yep. it just blew my mind. Tell tell us a little bit, you two guys. Tell us a little bit about that story. I I don't think I've ever heard a, a backcountry story that maybe that was quite that incredible yes yeah, so uh petro do you want to explain some of it you caught the fish so <laughs> I, I think you got i think you guys could double team this one okay yeah uh, so that, that's a trip we've been planning for many years uh, there's only a few lakes left in manitoba that have arctic char and the last time they were stocked if i'm correct was about 12 13 years ago um for the bigger char and then snail gets 
stocked regularly still well they're doing it yeah i i talked to the regional biologist ian kitch and they're going to do it every second year now so they yeah. i think they dumped some in here about five years ago but that wasn't the fish you caught but which lake is it uh, we were up on snail snail lake okay yeah. one of the few lakes in manitoba as you mentioned that have arctic jar so you planned this trip for a long time and what pulled the trigger for you guys uh, oh. i oh I think the winter is, was just so brutal and so much snow that we around here that we decided to maybe try something completely different. Well, there's a combination of that and we're just crazy sometimes and we <laughs> we talk too much and we plan stuff where it's like mission impossible. We planned it for two years now and we're like, you know what, we got to do it just so we could say we did it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it I mean, there's some pictures that don't do it justice how stuck we got the quad with that amount of snow. Yeah. Even a snowmobile would have issues in there, but yeah, yeah we, I think we, it's just... We, sorry, we knew the ahead. snow conditions were going to be really rough out there, but we just decided to give it a shot and see what happens. So uh, take, us, uh, take us from, you know, you, you guys were in a, in a quad, right? Yes. And you had a winch on the front and... Talk a little bit about the whole adventure, how you got started, how you got in there, how you got stuck, how you got out, and then and then eventually how you caught that beautiful fish. So getting in there, you go down a gravel road, and it was pretty rough on a trailer. So we decided just to throw the quad in the back of the truck so it would just be a lot easier on the trailer so we don't have to deal with maintenance stuff. Yeah. And getting down the trail wasn't the hard part because it was packed down uh from snowmobilers and so as long as we stayed on that hard packed snow we knew we can make it but then we got to the lake and the lake had slush so when we broke through that slush we just couldn't get out because it would get stuck underneath the quad and lift the tires off the ice and so yeah that winch we actually installed i believe two weeks prior because we knew we need it and i don't think we would have made it out if we didn't have that winch no we, we the quad started freezing up in this in the water and ice up there so we had to get some quick thinking and so what we decided to do was uh drill a few holes in the ice ahead of the quad and we fished the line through one of the holes and then we used our rods and baits to try to hook into the other end of the line under the water and then pull it up through the other hole. Yeah. And then we circled it up and clipped it to the line once we got it up out of the other hole. And we kept winching ourselves forward using the ice. And we had to do this about eight times, which took a lot of time. I think we spent three hours trying yeah. to get us wow. ourselves it, out of that slush. It, it drained a full battery on the, on the Strike Master auger. Oh, yeah. for those eight holes because that slush just drains the battery yeah yeah it's bad. but so your first day was kind of a disaster yeah we only fished for what five minutes ten minutes yeah. the yeah. first day and Definitely. we left so that lake's super far so we left half our equipment at the lake and honestly it was so rough getting in and out i I almost said, you know what, let's just leave the stuff. I could buy some more stuff, but 
I know that wouldn't be the right idea. So we went in the next day. The next day went a lot smoother. (laughs) And and tell us about the fish. You finally caught one. Go for it, Petro. It's your fish, man. (laughs) we, we, We spent four hours fishing on the last day there. And for about the first two hours, we weren't getting much. And we found this bit of a reef that comes up. And I'm like, that's where I think if I was a char, that's where I would sit. So we're like, let's give it all to that final spot. So we moved back there and we fished there for about two hours and there was just nothing. And then eventually right near the end, I started marking a couple of fish and they were acting a lot like trout on the flasher. It kind of just zip in uh, right under the bait, kind of follow it up quickly and then disappear. And they come right back underneath about five seconds later. And Nolan on the had his panoptics aimed right towards me. You could see the fish just circling around. So like we thought these were trout trout. So the spot was looking good, but we had to get off the lake in time because we didn't know how bad the trail was going to be to get back. So we were restricted to leave right at about 3:30. And it was getting to about 325. We hadn't had any fish landed. No one said to me, okay, I think it's time to go. I said, nope, I have five more minutes left. I'm going to use all five. <laughs> so as, as we're just talking with each other, talking about how, how we try this trip out and how we're glad we did it, suddenly my rod just doubled over and just the drag started peeling out. Mm-hmm. Nolan quickly ran to me. He helped me get my deucer out and we were just in shock, like, Everything happened so quick and it gave me about three, four good peeling runs. And as we both kind of looked down the hole as it got nearby, we could see the giant Arctic char come up and we just lost it. Well, your bait actually popped out. Yeah. The the hair jig popped out and um, I had to go elbow deep in the hole and scoop it out. And then at that point, I think both of us were so exhausted. We don't even know what we're doing. We're just like jumping on the ice celebrating. And it was just like the weight off the shoulders. Just, it was incredible. I've never got so excited over fish in my life than that one. And it wasn't even my fish. I was just happy to be a part of the experience. And that's all that matters to me. It made all that we went through there the first the first day and then the second day completely worth it yeah it was an incredible fish how long was that arctic char uh 24 and three quarters i believe yeah, yeah you just can, under 25 yeah you guys can if uh, if our listeners want to that story is on the uh, complete angler i mean the hooked website um i'd have to i'll i'll, I'll provide a link for it uh uh on this podcast uh, so that people can go to it and see the story that you guys wrote and it was an it was an incredible story. I, I I would have to say that's judging from what I'm hearing, that's kind of highlight, is it not? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> highlight of my fishing career. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it's a great story. So, uh, what are your future plans, both of you guys? Uh, <laughs> I, I think looking in the near future, uh, we're actually going up for, to Clearwater for lake trout. Okay. And then that's this weekend. That's this weekend. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah. It's, it's a trip we try to do every, 
every summer and spring. Okay. And I, th I think later in the summer, we're going to go up north. Nolan, do you want to touch on that? Yeah, for sure. So my friend, he's a CEO for Churchill Wild. And uh, we got this opportunity to guide out of North Knife Lodge up north. And mm -hmm. um, so we're doing that, both Petra and I, for about a week. Because there's a group coming up for a week. And then... Um, yeah, so that will be a cool experience. And then we have a few bass tournaments to do yet still with the NBA. Um, I believe Sioux Narrows is one of them. And then uh, Winnipeg River in Ontario is the last one of the trail. Um, and yeah, I'm going to continue guiding at the lodge till September. So, okay. Now, okay, now this... Uh... This tournament fishing for you guys is a, is a new thing, is it not? Yes, it, it's it's very new to us. Yeah. And this, this last tournament that we did would have been our third one together. Yeah. So the reason being that you're doing these, I I think I think oh, it's a, it's, it, it's a it's a fun experience to try to compete against some lo local anglers. Yeah. Um, I'm a competitive guy, even in high school growing up playing high school sports and stuff i always loved competing um i know tournament fishing isn't for everybody but i sure enjoy it so give it a try if you haven't done it yet it's worth a shot just join a cheap one um but yeah no it's it's something different than just going out and fishing you get to go against a lot of your friends and buddies in tournaments and it's it's a good experience Okay. Well, advice. I mean, uh, I tried when I was trying to make it in full time in this in this career. Uh, tournaments were certainly a big part of that. And if I hadn't had the success I did in tournaments, I probably wouldn't have been able to get my television fishing show and and the rest of it. So, I mean, there's a variety of reasons people do tournaments, and it's not for everybody. Um, like yourself, Nolan, I was a competitor in, in sports and you know I played uh, university basketball at a high level and uh, so I've always had competition in my blood but uh, at my age I'm very happy not to be fishing tournaments anymore <laughs> because it is a grind no matter what you say it's, yep. uh, I, yeah I, I don't know how some of these guys that I I know that still do it like uh, Keith Gavias and these guys that are you know 15 years younger than me and they still do it mm -hmm. at 60 at, at me I, I i retired a few years back so <laughs> good luck <laughs> good luck with your career yeah it's hard on the body that's for sure even at this age yeah yeah, yeah for sure so. well i'm gonna wish you guys uh all the best in the future and uh you guys obviously you're planning to stay together as a team and fish together and yep. it seems to be working yeah, yeah. Seems to be working. Yeah, there's a lot more lakes in Manitoba we haven't fished yet, and even some in Northwest Ontario we want to get to. Okay, and I see you branched out from fly fishing. Mm -hmm. That's actually how we met. Is fly fishing on the Red River? I landed Petro's carp, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of where it all started. And then I think a week later we fished Lac de Bonnie Ponds for trout. Okay, and then that's kind of where our friendship started and 
started going on major fishing trips and had success. So when we put our two minds together, it seems to work sometimes. So that's good. So how long has it been now? <laughs> oh. uh, that sounds four. romantic. Almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so, um, um, about oh. four years almost now. Four yep. years. Four yeah. years. Yeah. Well, that's great. You know, it's great that you have somebody to be able to fish with. Uh, all my, uh, my friends are, there's a, you know, a lot of them have dropped out going fishing. So uh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta recruit some younger guys. So, and I did promise you guys that, uh, we're going to get in the, I'm going to take you out my boat this year. We're going to get out for a day. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. That'd be sweet. I, I look forward to it. You guys are awesome. And, uh, uh, tell us where we can find you on social media. So I'm on Instagram. It's mid Canada outdoors. Um, and then Facebook, it's just Nolan Plu. And uh, for Petro, what uh, do you on, got? I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, tag is P Petro H. And then Facebook as well, under my first and last name, Petro Rinda. Well, that's good. We're, we'll include that in the write-up uh, on the Hooked website, so you got people will be able to find you. But I had Nolan, I had to send you a request for being able to follow you. You're a private account, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just before I let you leave, Nolan, you like sure. to hunt a lot too. Oh, I love it. So I love hunting. So you, you're going to do a bit of guiding for that? Um, I plan on being a waterfowl guide. Um, hopefully this fall I can make it happen. Uh, I have a bunch of decoys on order now. So hopefully I could take some people out and make some smiles on their faces. And uh, with Whitetail, I kind of save it for myself and my girlfriend, Whitetail. Well, if you're yeah. ever looking for a place to guide, Birdtail Waterfall, Paul Conchad runs a fantastic operation. Yes. I've, been, I've been to his place twice, and it's uh, world-class, number I've one. I've seen him on YouTube, and it looks like a blast out there. Uh, it's unbelievable. So anyway, good luck, guys. And uh, remember, you promised me that you were going to provide some content for the magazine. And um, yeah. you know, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> well, hey, we got one this weekend coming up, hopefully, with uh, the lake trout. So hopefully we can uh, catch some lake trout and get a ride up done. Okay, we got, you got two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sounds guys. Good. Yeah, yeah no thank you for having us. Thanks for All having right, us. take care. All right, Thanks. have a great night. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Visit hookedmagazine.com to subscribe to The Complete Angler and never miss an episode.